Um, yeah, do you know when all this happened? I mean, I got a call last night, but is there any word on
there's a book called A Thousand Places to See Before You Die, and it's been featured on the Travel Channel and all that. And we sort of got into that last year where we were starting to see all these different places on the list, and we thought, you know, a thousand places is a lot of places, but why not? That would be fun goal. So we each kind of have that goal, and, and one of the places is the Oregon Coast um, Finishing Experience Festival, and so he was going to come up here for that. Um, and then we were just going to go see that in Crater Lake and, and just different landmarks. And was that trip already scheduled, or was it just something you guys talked about? Um, it was, it was, it was wasn't officially like dated, but I had been trying to reach him so that I could solidify my own schedule because I was planning on making a trip down there. Um, soon. but uh, it was supposed to happen in May, and then it was supposed to happen um, last week, and that didn't work out. So he was going to leave for Cancun today, and. Um, and then he said as soon as he gets back from Cancun, he was the trip because he's going to drive up the coast. And when he reaches me, we'll go do some things, and then he'll continue on to Washington and see some friends up there. Um, and then I guess that was supposed to happen before the beginning of July. Um, July, he was supposed to go to Washington, D.C. Okay. Did, did he have uh, any issues with anybody here in, in town? Any enemies? Um, anybody that wanted to do a farm? You know, got his tires black. It was last year. Um, he was he he said he was worried about that, um, and I was worried about that. He never locked his doors, and I told I would tell him lock your doors and realize you're not my mom, you know. And um, I come from uh, he comes from a, a bad city. He comes from Ruby Doo, California, which is gangs and violence. But and I come from a similar uh, type of neighborhood in California. So I've always my parents and I, we've always locked our doors, and that's just my habit, but he doesn't have that habit. And he lives in a great neighborhood, and it's never been an issue. Nothing has ever been stolen. Nothing has ever been, he's never been, you know, broken into. And, and he had his tires flashed, um, I don't remember when it was. It was last year sometime around Christmas, I think. Um, and, you know, other than that. No, how, how would you describe your, your relationship with him? We dated for we dated for like five months, and we broke up, and we continued actually to see each other for quite a bit, um, you know, right up until I moved. So when did you guys uh, break up? We officially broke up June 29th of last year. But we didn't. We even though we broke up, we were no longer boyfriend and girlfriend. We decided to remain friends, but you know, I. Kind of so embarrassed talking about this, but it was more like it was more than friends, but it wasn't boyfriend and girlfriend. It was more like kind of buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So you guys were not like uh, romantically uh, together at any time, or we we were intimate, um, but I wouldn't say romantic as far as the relationship goes. But we were in no way headed toward marriage. Uh, we're talking anything about that. We hung probably. Sometimes. Now you say intimate. Does, does that include like a sexual relationship with him? Yeah, it does. Okay. I know it's kind of embarrassing to talk about stuff I like know. that. And, and but I know, and you don't know me, so. Yeah, and if you could just keep it confidential for now, yeah. because I know that it's you know he's Mormon. He's not seriously looked down upon in my church, and I mean, I just I'm telling you this to help in any way I can. Okay, I appreciate it. So you actually moved back to California a couple of months ago? Yeah, I did. Okay. What date was that? Do you remember? 
the exact date. I mean, I have the date that I'm in the U-Haul. It was early April. Early, like before April 10th. So it's after the first, but before the 10th. So I'm guessing 7th, 8th, 9th, maybe. I'd have to check the date for those. Did, did you stop by the house uh, when you rented the U-Haul to say goodbye to him? Oh, yeah. Back, in fact, um, after I was, I was almost moved out completely out of my house for about a week afterward, and I just stayed at his house the whole time. I mean, I practically lived there, um, even when I was there. I spent, I spent the night there several times a week while I lived there. Um, I came over and I cleaned his house a lot. He sort of, he paid me a little bit every month to keep his house nice and clean. Sort of like a housekeeper. Um, did you ever uh, happen to meet any of his roommates at that time? Um, at the time, yeah, I knew his group really well at the time. Um, various roommates, some have moved out. One guy moved to Utah and one guy moved to Phoenix. Um, Zach is the, I don't know if Zach is still there. I think he is. Yeah, he is. Um, I knew Zach because I met him. And, uh, you know, we, we sort of connected because he's a photographer like I am. And, you know, he took the room that, that Aaron lived in previously, so...
eating his frozen dinners, et cetera, et cetera. And he would have been fine with that, too. And I just, you know, he said, just always give me a heads up. So I, I asked him, you know, let me know if that's cool. It's not only other arrangements. And I never heard back. And when was that email sent out? Uh, just a few days ago. I'm in front of the computer, so I can check right now for you. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. Let me just log into my account. Yeah, to his email. Yeah, well, what is his email address, you know? Offhand. His email is um, travis.alexander at gmail.com. Um, let's see. I sent one on June 7th. Haven't heard back from you. He got a little bit upset when I said I wasn't driving out to see him, okay. but he... He gets upset real easily. Uh, I don't know. He just he likes to hand over me a little bit, and we kind of guilt each other sometimes. So you guys still had a fairly decent relationship as friends. We did. Um, we had. Because the people really that we talked to said that you guys uh, that your relationship was kind of rocky and uh, it got a little got a little crazy at times. Or it did. Um, what happened was when I. I broke up with Travis around last year because it was all really dumb. It was a bunch of drama. I uh, had the suspicion that he was cheating on me, and so I I looked in his phone to find out, and I found all these text messages, and, like, it just all blew up, and it was like we realized we couldn't trust each other. So, I mean, we broke up at that point, but we were still, we were still attracted to each other, and we still loved each other. So it wasn't the best thing, but we still hung out all the time together. And... Um, it didn't really help either of us to move on because I haven't really dated anyone since. And he told me that he hadn't dated anyone since, but then he told me that he has. So it's all been kind of weird because we've kept our dating lives sort of from each other, like a don't ask, don't tell policy sort of. And uh, I think it was it worked out. It was more convenient for us. I, I figured, you know, if he didn't have a girlfriend, then I'm okay coming over. And as long as he didn't think that I was with anybody, then he was fine, too. So just the less we knew about each other's uh, dating lives or romantic lives, the better that we were, the better off we were. So um, it was sent June 7th. Yeah, this is the one I sent without letting you know that I came And uh, what town are you in again? I'm sorry? What town are you in again? I'm in Wairika, so California. Y-R-E-K-A. Y-R-E-K-A? Uh-huh. Oh, where is that at? It is um, 15 minutes from Oregon, and it's on Interstate 5. Okay. All right. So just try to work in Yeah. Okay. Not close to the coast? No, unfortunately. or whatever. 
just really comfy. Um, so he's got a great mattress, and it's like apparently it's like this five thousand dollar mattress that he picked up for really really cheap because it was a showroom thing or it was a return or somehow he got a really sweet deal on it. So it's a king size. I don't know if it's California or what, but it's a king size bed. It's kind of like a I think it's like a sleigh bed. It's dark wood. Okay. Um, but the bedding is, is mainly like a brown linen, really mm-hmm. nice cotton linen. Yeah, he has it's maybe different patterns on the sheets versus the the comforter, but the sheets are brown and the comforter is brown and the pillowcases are brown. What? So the color of the comforter is brown as well. Does it have yeah. any type of pattern or uh, or like uh, tassels or edging? I think it has stripes. I think it has like and and they're not like colored stripes. They're just like stripes in the brown pattern. So. Oh, like.
took everybody and separated them, and I don't know who everybody is. I'm assuming Zach because he was there and his girlfriend um, because I called Zach's cell phone and she couldn't tell me anything, but she answered. And she said, there are a lot of people here that I don't know, but um, Zach's not here. So it didn't make sense. And I, I just, I was confused, but she couldn't tell me anything. So I didn't get a lot out of her, but Bishop Layton said he was there for four hours and they interviewed everybody. And then they all went to the police station and um, that it, they're treating it as a suspicious, excuse me, as a suspicious death. And I, I heard from my friend, um, Dave Hall, that there was a lot of blood, and I don't know if that's just a rumor that's going around or true, but, and I also heard that his services will be in California, but that they haven't released his body to his grandma yet. So um, that's all I've really heard so far. Well, I, I can tell you that we're investigating it as a homicide. Okay. And not a suspicious death anymore. It's pretty obvious. It's important for us to find out why somebody would want to do harm to him. Uh, exactly. Um, what kind of stuff he was possibly involved in, or um, it, or maybe it just could have been as simple as a, you know, a burglary, an intruder, or something that had gone wrong. I'm wondering if he's still, when you said, like when they said suspicious death, I thought, well, he's trying to shed pounds for Cancun, so he looks good in boxers or a bathing suit or whatever, or swim trunks, and, um, you know, I know that he takes, or I thought he takes supplements, and he works out really, really hard, and seen him work out, and it's a very intense routine, and, and um, he has these heavy dumbbells that he uses, and he's so strong. I mean, there are a couple times we've tried to wrestle just for fun and show me some moves, and there's just no, like, I don't see how anyone, unless maybe there were two people, I don't see how anyone could overpower him unless yeah, there was... He's a, a pretty good-sized guy. Yeah, and he was I close to 200 pounds, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it would take, I would say, two people, if not maybe more, to kind of overpower him. Um, I mean, I've, I've tried with officers, you know, working their stuff to take down a, a woman at 135 pounds who's out of control, and it's difficult to control them.
happens once he made it clear that he wasn't comfortable with that anymore, I didn't even try to get back into his account anymore. So. Yeah, I mean, I've been married almost 20 years, and I don't have my wife's email. Really? <laughs> I know. It's you know, you because, just have to trust sometimes. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I told him, you know, we've had, we've had hours upon hours of conversation, and I said, you know, I just don't know if, if I could ever trust you again, you know, and, and, he, and he doesn't know if he could ever trust me again because I might always want to get back into his phone and find out does he really have something going on or, or what, because, you know, he did at one point, um, or, you know, and so he said, yeah, I understand that, and he said, but if we were married, you would have all my passwords to everything because there wouldn't be anything to worry about. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's nice, you know, yeah. but we're not married. <laughs> so, and as far as getting into his emails, that never happened. Um, what he has on his computer is um, he would oftentimes just leave his computer on okay. and he'll leave his Gmail window up. And there were times when I got on his computer to look up other things and if his Gmail window was up open, then I would just close it. So that would constantly get me into his email. Um, you know, and I had to mention that to you because uh, we are getting a, a search warrant for his email or uh, you know, Gmail and Facebook. Yeah, and we can tell where those things were accessed from by IP addresses. Yeah. And I just, wanna, I just want to make it clear that, um, you know, that if, if you did access it from somewhere else at a, at a certain time, you know, if you access it from California, we're going to know. Yeah, I'll tell you right now that I did. Okay. He gave me his password. Not the only accounts that I've accessed though were MySpace and Gmail because those were the only passwords. And how long? Me. How long ago? When, when was the last time you actually accessed them? A uh, week ago. We had um. We had a conversation where it's like, we he made it clear that he wasn't comfortable with that anymore, and um, and I said that's okay. And he and I changed my Gmail account password because he got into that too, and then he saw another guy's email there. Um, and gave me a hard time about it, and so it just was dumb. Just, you know, we're both trying to move on, and yeah. we're both, I don't know, it was weird. It seems like there was a lot of jealousy issues. I think there might have been on both parts. Um, for me, it wasn't so much jealousy as it was, like, I just, I just wanted to know, like, I just wanted him to be honest. And for him, I think there, one of the reasons I moved was because we were spending too much time together and we weren't we weren't moving on and um, wasn't able to. I mean, I guess I could have dated other people, but our social circles were so small that any time you heard about something, it, it, it just wasn't good. Did you did you move down here the first time because of him? Yeah, I moved there because of him, and I moved away because of him. Primarily, I, I also moved away for financial reasons. I'm you know, there are three main reasons I moved here. One, I moved my family too financially, and three was because of travel. And the main reason that I moved there was because of travel. Okay. Yeah, because um, when we first arrived on scene and started talking to people, and some of his closest friends, um, you know, began mentioning your name as, you know, hey, you need to call her because she probably knows what happened to him or she possibly had something to do with it. Oh, gosh. No, I've had that, That's how bad it was. I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe because I'm the ex-girlfriend, we've had lots of fights. 
Was there, was there a lot of issues? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously it wasn't, you know, wasn't a great relationship. Um, it was great for a while until we, until it, it all kind Yeah, we started fighting because I, I did the wrong thing and I got him to see his phone because I had a suspicion I, that he wasn't being faithful and I found, you know, a bunch of text messages that were no good. And um, rather than being an adult about it and confronting him, I, I kept it in and I, kind of let it fester, and, you know, I was miserable, and I didn't know why, and I wanted to tell him, but I was worried that it would just lead to a unnecessary fight, and then I realized this was no kind of relationship, so it finally all came out, and he was really apologetic, but we just both realized that neither of us could be in, a, in, a, in an adult relationship, and that was June of last year, so at that point, we, um, we continued to see each other, well, you know, I, I'm glad I, I did get a hold of you and you did call me because it, it kind of clears up a lot of the questions I had, uh, a lot of the concerns. Uh, it's, it's not what, I, I don't think it's what these people thought was going on. I should probably tell you that, you know, Travis, when he got upset, he would send me um, really new emails. Um, he would send me, me text messages and things. Um, you'll find probably some stuff on his Facebook. I know for sure you'll find one on his Facebook and definitely in his Gmail. And you're welcome to access all of my accounts too if you want. Um, with Travis, well, we're when probably I gonna um, gonna subpoena all his Facebook and Gmail and you know everything to, to see who he was communicating with, what he was saying. I'm not sure how far back uh, we usually go, six months to a year. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, in a case like this, you know, we need to know, you know, who had some type of beef with him, who, you know, why they would do something like this to him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate telling people over the phone, but, you know, it, like I said, it is a homicide investigation. And uh, it was an angry situation. And, and when we see scenes like this, um, you know, the first thing we think is they, these people hated each other. Uh, huh. Somebody went in there to, to hurt him, and, and they did. And they hurt him really bad. And he's a big guy, and it would take, you know, like I mentioned to you before, it, it would take more than one person to do this to him. Can you... I, I, I was just hoping maybe you could kind of point me in the right direction. I, I'm talking to everybody you know, that knows that. that knows I went to a guy named Thomas Brown, um, and I don't think that, honestly, I haven't seen or heard from him since he was kicked out. Um, I think his last name was Brown. I could try to find him on, on lbslinkup.com, but um, it was, you know, that was so long ago, though. That was last spring of 2007, March, even. And, and what happened was he got kicked out because he was considered, like, borderline sexual predator, not like a rapist, but coming on to girls and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And it just really looked down upon in the church. And so he was disfellowshipped, and Travis said, you need to get out, you know, get your stuff out of my house. And it wasn't a friendly situation. It was said over the phone because he and I were in... Um, Missouri and somewhere back east, just 
inventory uh, and uh, comments with So he, he ended up kicking him out at that time? Yeah, he kicked him out at the time. But Thomas, you know, is, is, he's a really big guy. But he doesn't seem like, the, he doesn't seem violent. He seemed pretty gentle. He just seemed like a little bit thuggish, but like he was trying to act the part, not because he was that. Because maybe because he thought it would like attract chicks or something. I don't know. Um, so uh, he seems honestly like uh, I didn't know him that well, but he seemed like a big dumb teddy bear. Okay. And what was your You know, and I just wanted to say, you know, again, that, that Travis and I had had an, an on-off kind of relationship. Uh, I, I we just weren't talking a lot the last several weeks, um, a couple times a week, and I just keep saying, what if, what if I just gone down there, or what if I had never moved and I would have been there, and I could have, I don't know. So you guys continue to talk this whole time? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We, I mean, it, it was more sporadic. It was more sporadic, but um, we usually talk late at night, like 12, anywhere between 12 a.m. and or 1 a.m. and like 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning. He was kind of. Um, Did he have any other cell phones besides? Uh, well, we found one cell phone. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure he didn't. Otherwise, I'd know about it. He has his uh, Verizon cell phone and he has his landline. Um, this is sent to my cell phone on June 21st, 2008, uh, from Jody Arias. First saved message. Hi, Detective Flores. It's Jody Arias calling in regards to uh, Travis Alexander. Um, it's Saturday. I'm not exactly sure what time, but um, maybe you're off. So I hope you're enjoying your day off. If not, if you could give me a call back. My phone number is 831-402-1901. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. End of message. To delete this message, press 7. To save it in the archives, press 9. To hear more. How long did you guys actually know each other? We met in September of 2006 at the NGM Grants. Yeah, and that was the Creepy Legal uh, International Convention, okay. where tens of thousands of people go. And when did you guys actually start dating? Um, not for a while. We met in September. Uh, the following weekend, he invited me to church. And the following Wednesday of that Sunday, he gave me a copy of the Book of Mormon. I started reading it. I got baptized November 26th. Um, we would talk a lot and hang out a lot. And, we kind of had like a thing, and there was definitely an attraction and an interest, but we weren't officially dating until about February of 2007, early February. Day. Um, and I think it just uh, uh, a string of events sort of pushed that together. Travis has kind of a commitment uh, phobia, I would guess you could say. Is that what you moved down here? No, I didn't move down actually until June, which was right about the time we broke up, ironically. I've noticed, and because I've been in relationships where they were faithful, at least to my knowledge, they were totally faithful, 
um, and that feeling just isn't there. And so I had this feeling with Travis, and I gently asked him about it. He got really upset, and he's like, he's like, no, there's nothing there. Don't worry about it. And, and I knew he was on his phone texting a lot, and I knew he was texting these girls. And I was like, um, I was like, well, are you, what about your text messages? He's like, look, I can be flirtatious, but there's nothing going on. And I said, okay. So uh, this was last year, I think in June. <clears throat> and one day he was taking a nap. And I felt this is why we lost. This is one of the reasons we lost all of our trust. Um, I just I shouldn't have done this, but I grabbed his phone and I looked at his text messages, and I found there were tons of girls that I'd never heard of, and I knew that he knew a lot of people from the business, so I didn't worry too much about it. But what bothered me was there were um, not only were some flirtations like I had suspected, which bothered me, but it wasn't necessarily a crime. Um, but there were plenty of uh, uh, there were like plans like. Things like, um, well, where do you want to meet? Oh, well, I don't know where's the best place for where's the best place wherever the best place for us to make out is. You know, and I was like, what? Oh my gosh! You know, we've been dating for, for a few months at this point, and and he always said, well, we're not dating anybody else. And, and to him, that was I think reasonable enough because I think in his mind it, he was making out with other girls, but he wasn't dating them. Was okay. And the only reason I think that's true is because of what we continued to do while he was dating Lisa, and I didn't realize that either. Um, so I confronted him about it. Actually, I didn't confront him at first. I should have been an adult about it and confronted him, but I held it in for a few weeks, and then it all came out, and that's when we broke up. And so I just realized that I, I, don't, I didn't feel like I could trust him fully to be monogamous, and I don't think that he could trust me fully to not get back in his phone someday and then try to find something out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would happen a lot, and uh, 
I, I mean, I don't want to make this unpleasant or anything, but I mean, um, was there still a sexual relationship going on after that? Yeah, there was. Okay. You were actually at his house was in April when you left? Yeah, it was April. I spent, um, I had, my friend Rachel that I originally moved down with gave me a futon to sleep on, uh -huh. and I gave that back. Um, about a week, week and a half prior to moving, her, her and her husband came out with his truck and they loaded it up because they, they were just lending it to me and I didn't want to move it. So they came and got it and I didn't have a bed. And, and he was like, you know, you just come stay with me. So I pretty much stayed there <clears throat> for the last week. Left. Yeah, his roommate said something about, you You know, the last day you had a U-Haul and you were leaving and uh, you had stopped by to say goodbye or something. Yeah, I had the U-Haul, and I, I was already there, but I parked it around the corner because it was huge, and I had a car, my car on the back of it, so I couldn't just park it right out in front of the house. So there's a there's a little, uh, if you go just past his house around the corner, mm -hmm. I had the U-Haul parked there. Okay. It's like, so, so yeah. Day, do you remember what day April that was? I don't. I will say, I keep thinking the 9th, but before you quote me on that, I can, I can check. But towards the beginning of April. Yeah, it was like t more towards the middle, but it was already with maybe towards the beginning. Yeah, because originally I was supposed to leave early April, like April first, like a little after April Fool's, but I ended up staying um, another four or five days. Because it was like stay there with him or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of pictures. Actually, he just bought a. He had just purchased the camera. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I mean, we found the box in his house and everything. Yeah, he, um... Did, did you help him buy that, or...? I did, yeah. I was I was living here, but he called me for uh, advice, and, yeah, I, and I was on the phone with him. That's who I called. I, don't I saw remember. somebody who knew what they were doing before I bought a camera. Yeah, and I guess since I was a photographer, he, he, he texted me, and he was like, what do you think of this camera? And I texted him back, well, what about this? And finally, I was like, just call me. This is too complicated. So he called me, and he was going over. I was like, ask her this. And so he was asking the sales rep, well, what about this, this, and this? And, where is the flash located, and megapixels, and the brand. I was like, don't get anything Kodak, you know, <clears throat> just different things. So eventually he settled on, I don't know what he got, but it was. It sounded like it was a really nice camera. Do you remember when so, you got that camera? Uh, April, maybe? I know it was after I moved. It could have been in May. Okay. Could have been in May. Um, I know it was after I moved up here because I was I was here while I was on the phone with him purchasing it. So you, so never, you never got to see the camera then, or no, and I'm trying to remember. Well, we, Maybe. the reason I'm asking is because we found this camera, and, and, you know, it's pretty much ruined, and we didn't know why. Oh. I can't, you know, discuss why, but, you know, or how it's ruined, but, you know, we just, it, we just don't sound it. We have no idea why somebody would, you know, destroy his camera. And, uh, oh. I wonder if you could describe it to me, but obviously you haven't seen it. You've never touched it, never seen it, so. No, um. I think, I'm thinking there's a picture of him on Facebook where he took a picture of himself in the mirror, okay. and I think that's his camera. So, I mean, I can't tell what it is, though, because the picture isn't really sharp and it's a small resolution, but there's a picture of him on his profile picture on Facebook. Oh, where he kind of Calling Jody Arias. It's uh, 62508 at 11.05 hours. DR2008-161-0844.
time for you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a bad reception. Uh, is this a good time for you to talk? Uh, yeah. This, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is fine. I'm just driving through a spot where I'm good. Okay. Sorry. Cut you driving. Hope I don't distract no, you too much. No, <laughs> that's okay. Car yeah. All right. Hey, um, the reason I wanted to talk to you is just to kind of figure out what was going on the week um, just prior to when we, when we found uh, Travis. Because um, mm -hmm. we're not, we're still not sure what day, you know, this incident happened. We're trying to figure mm -hmm. out, you know, who had contact with them. And I know I talked to you, you know, a couple weeks ago about what was going on, but it was kind of brief, and I was just uh -huh. trying to get to everybody who yeah. had a theory or whatever. But um, can, can you tell me what was going on? Let's just say starting on Monday, I think it was the second. Monday the second. Tell me if you or when you had contact with them or. Yeah, I think, I know that I talked to him early Monday morning, uh, which would have, I was just up late Sunday night, for example, and uh, I probably talked to him, it may have been a good 45 minutes that, that morning, and we were just talking about um, how he was, he had a conversation with another person about Gordon Hinckley, and they were, it was a really good conversation, and, you know, he was just talking a lot about what was said there, and, uh, I think we probably talked till about four in the morning. I'd say. Wow. Yeah, it was we were. He was a night owl. I'm a night owl. And it wasn't a really long conversation. Like we've had conversations that have lasted hours and hours, but this one was probably only I want to say 45 minutes. It may have been longer. I guess I could check. And that was late at night. Well, technically it was early Monday morning. Okay. That was in a second. So um, yeah, that that was primarily what that one consisted of, and. You know, he knew I was taking a road trip that week, and he was kind of guilting me because I wasn't going to Arizona. I was going to Utah. Um, okay. Why was yeah, it a nice way. conference or something in Arizona as well? Or? It was um, the, the primary reason, I, and I didn't tell Travis this, but the primary reason I was going there was to meet somebody. Um, and, you know, we, we weren't, like, totally open about our dating life just because it was just an area where we just kind of, decided it would be best to not give each other all those details. And so, you know, just because we had a past from before. And, you know, he, we kept each other, like, moderately informed. Like, he told me a little bit about this person, a little bit about this person, but we didn't go into a lot of details. So I didn't tell him that I was making this big trip out to Utah to go see somebody. <clears throat> I think he suspected it, though. He was just like, well, who are, you gonna, who are you going out there to see? And I'm like, oh, nobody. I'm just going out, you know, to see friends. Because we both have um, a mutual circle of friends in Utah you know, from prepaid legal. So I told him that that was the reason I was going, was there is a, there's a briefing out there. It's called a business briefing, which happens every week on Thursday night. So um, I was leaving for that, and, you know, was actually, there was that reason because I knew I would see a lot of my friends that night, but also to spend time with, with my other friend that I was meeting. Um, and his name is Ryan. Um, so I talked to him that day. And later on that morning, I got on the road. Um, and my car isn't the best mechanically, so I stopped in Reading at the airport to rent a car. And someone had driven me there. My, my future soon-to-be sister-in-law drove me there. Um, and let's see. I got the car, came back to my brother's house, and took a nap for a while because I'd been up all night. And then I got on the road, and I went to Santa Cruz. I met up with some other friends who from the Monterey area. Okay. So I have lots of friends there, and I stayed the night at a friend's house there and visited with some other friends um, the next day, and then 
drove to L.A. so that I could see my uh, other friend's baby. I'm a photographer. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm a photographer. She just recently had a baby, and I'm trying to build my portfolio with, um, you know, infants and things like that. And she what was really excited. Her name is Laura Brewer. She actually never called me back. She did call me back, but she called me back too late. So I couldn't just wait around for her. I had an itinerary. She was just a friend or? She, um, she's a really close friend. I dated her brother for about four years. So we were were a lot like family still. Oh, okay. Hang on just a quick second. I'm sorry.
you know, I was headed to Utah. And I just called because I called my sister, and I think I called, I, I may have called Ryan. I don't know if I called Nan or not at that point. But um, I was waiting around for a while uh, for, for Laura, and she, I didn't know where she lived and couldn't have her brother because he was at work. And I didn't want to just show up at her house because I hadn't heard back from her. So um, I was just killing time and called him, talked to him briefly. and and uh, That's about the last time people were were able to get a hold of him as well. And then um, what's unusual is, you know, people are saying, yeah, you know, we text him and call them. And then pretty soon his, uh, his voicemail was full. Yeah, that's unusual because he deletes messages. Like, he doesn't say anything, even if it's, Halfway sentimental, like he rarely yeah. says that stuff. So the next time you, you tried to call him, you weren't able to, to get a hold of him. Uh, no, I left him a message, um, and I sent him text messages. And he he doesn't always pick up, but he's usually pretty good, and he doesn't always respond to text messages either. But when I didn't hear from him for like two days, and I called him again, and I didn't want to be obsessive about it um, because you know we're not together anymore, and I'm just like I, I don't like calling him too much, but. We, he called me or I called him, and it, it was a pretty good balance. But um, at one point, it, it was like, okay, at what point do I start calling friends that live there? Yeah. You know, that thought crossed my mind, but I was like, no, he's in California. You know, he's going to Cancun. <laughs> so, um, I didn't. So I hung out there for a while uh, at Starbucks and, you know, refueled and all that, and we talked on the phone for a little bit, and then just got on the road and went to Utah. Um, slept in my car. <laughs> yeah, that's a long drive from L.A. It's about, it's about nine hours. So, yeah, it's actually just as long to go from L.A. to West Jordan as it is to go from Wairica to L.A. So the meeting in Utah, when did that happen? Mm -hmm. That was Thursday night at 7 o'clock. I don't remember the exact location, but I followed Ryan there. Okay. Oh, so you met him there? Yeah. Yeah, I ended up, um, we crashed in his house for a little while and, you know, just hung out and all that. And then uh, okay. went to the meeting and then slept a little bit longer because I was, you know, okay. until I got on the road. And Somebody had talked to her. I can't remember who it was up there in Utah. Um, they called me and just. They said they knew, they knew Travis. They said that there was a, a meeting on Wednesday, or was it Thursday? Uh, there is a luncheon on Wednesday. I didn't go to that, though. I don't think I went to that. No, I, I went to some kind of meeting. It was at a restaurant. The restaurant owner's name is Chris, and he's in the, he was recruited by Brian. Well, maybe that's what they said. It, it, it's kind of like a split-up meeting. One day they had, like, a luncheon, and then the other day the meeting. That, that's yeah. That's what they meant. Yeah, I don't think I went to lunch. Um, okay. It's like a thing that happens. At tw it's the same kind of deal, only it's set in a restaurant instead of a like a business style meeting. Yeah. Whereas in the meeting, you just kind of sit for an hour and you listen to a presentation for 45 minutes or however long it takes. Mm -hmm. And uh, to lunch, and you listen to the same thing, but you get to eat lunch, and it's yeah. in a restaurant. So did you ever stop by Vegas on the way up? I went through Vegas. <laughs> no. <laughs> I go down once a year anyway for the pre-state legal thing, and I've never been a gambler or that kind of lifestyle, so no, I, I just drove through. I drove through, um, I, I went through Boulder City, and I went through Vegas. I don't remember all, I think Henderson, um, 
you know, until I went up through, I think it was St. George. It took a while. I was on the phone with the night with Ryan that time, but, um, you know, so he could keep me awake, but I still had to pull over anyway. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not shy about just pulling over wherever and sleeping in my car. It is. It is. It's, it's not the smartest thing. I realize that. Um, I usually park my car in a place where I can just drive off if I need to, so I have it backed out instead of, um, you know, and I have the keys in the ignition. I've got, I'm ready to go. But e- either way, it's still kind of unsafe. Anyone could break a window or something. But. Uh, I don't know if this day and age, you get yourself some protection or something if <laughs> you're driving along. I was thinking of that. I know, and I, I just, <laughs> I don't know. into handguns um, because I have like I have a list of like things that I'm really scared of that I'm trying to overcome mm-hmm. and that's one of them and, and being in front of a public crowd is another and I was shaking when I sang the, the national anthem <laughs> there was only like 200 people but I had to hold the mic with both hands it was shaking so actually I got that from Travis just trying to push yourself and get out of your comfort zone and, and make yourself uncomfortable and do things that you're scared of and, and uh, so I you know I've been looking into that but handguns are expensive and you know, it's not really in my price range right now. It's not. Um, but anyway, what was I saying with that? Um, oh, no, we just discussed, uh, that, you know, the next two days after that, you weren't able to get a hold of him. And yeah. And about calling his friends. And yeah, and that's part of the reason I didn't is because I, I knew that I, it just, it didn't feel like my place any longer to be like his mother and, and calling his friends. And so, that he so you knew him. about his, his trip? And uh, do you remember him telling you when he when he was leaving first trip? Yeah, yeah, because we had discussed uh, dates to travel up here. So um, I asked that he had said that he was leaving the tent. I didn't know how long it would be. I don't know if it was four or five days or six days. Uh-huh. But um, I did know that the last we had discussed is his trip up here was going to be after Cancun and before D.C., so it would be sometime toward the end of June. And it would probably be a, a four-day thing for me or three-day thing, but longer for him because he was traveling along the California coast and then on to Washington. Okay, so he was going to leave the tent, and when was he going to come back? Um, I don't know. I exactly, I know that they're there. Oh. Yeah, have you heard anything? But, well, when did you first find out what happened to him? Uh, Dan called me. Dan who? Dan Freeman, I'm oh, sorry. Dan Freeman. He called me um, Monday, I think it was Monday night, but it, it was more like, I think it was late Monday night, like 11-something. And uh, he said, hey, how are you doing? I was like, Dan, because I would have thinking, been thinking about him, and I was planning my trip to Arizona, and he was definitely on my list of people to visit. I love him and his family. Um, I used to go there every Sunday for dinner. Um, and and I said, hey, how are you doing? He's like, great. I said, hey, I'm thinking about making a trip out there. And he's like, yeah, I think you're going to have to. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, there was a pause. He's like, and then he's like, yeah, um, there's, there's, it's just about Travis. And I was like, um, what? You know, like, that's never good. Yeah, but, the way he said yeah. Yeah. So, but I didn't think anything at first. I mean, you just kind of, okay, what? You know, you don't want to assume too soon. And, and he said, uh, he said they found him. And I was like, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? What, what, what do you know? Well, I don't really know anything right now. I just know that 
that Brent Hyatt is at his house and Taylor Searle is at his house and that the cops are there. And I was totally shocked. I don't think that I said much. I think that I just kept thinking maybe there's a mistake. Maybe there's a mistake. Are you sure? And he didn't really know, so I kept saying that maybe there was just a mistake because he couldn't say anything. He didn't give me any information, so I thought he said I was the first person that he thought of to call, but I think he called a couple other leaders in Travis's business first that were close with him. I don't remember who he called or what order, but he called me, and I keep thinking that maybe they just made a mistake. I felt so helpless because I wasn't there. I still live there. I was like 10 minutes away, not even 10, maybe 7 minutes away. I could have just driven there and found out and saw what was going on. I just felt totally helpless. What did you think about it? I mean, the last time you talked to him was what? Was it Monday or Wednesday? What was that? I think it was Tuesday evening, I think. Yeah, Tuesday night. Did you think of what was going on the last time you talked to him? Did you try to get a hold of him after that? Yeah, yeah, I did. I tried to get a hold of him. I called him Tuesday night. I called him subsequently and emailed him a couple times. Is there anything else that you can remember or think of or any theories or anything that could help us? I just don't know. Travis was a friend to everybody. Even when things were bad between us, he would always give his last dollar, his last whatever. He was telling me he was being W, and I was actually supposed to email. Yeah, I mentioned that. Kind of burned it out or something. Well, you said you found my check in his house. Oh, yeah, the check that you gave him for payment. Yeah. I guess, like, this is so dumb. Like, it seems so unimportant, but I guess I need to know if that check is going to be deposited anytime soon. No, no. Once you know after his death, it can't be deposited. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, then I'll just consider that whatever, and then I'll still owe him the full balance until they figure out what they're going to do. Honestly, I trashed his car, and he took it so well. We were trying to figure out between my lawyers and his lawyers and prepaid legal and the insurance and the U-Haul who was going to be held liable. And, you know, it didn't matter who was held liable. The fact was that was a debt that I had promised to pay, and it was just money, and it wasn't worth, you know, anything. So, I mean, as far as getting any contentions over. So he never had any doubt that I would pay him back, but he was trying to, and this is what's difficult, is he was trying to work with the insurance to hold U-Haul accountable for how it had all gone down. He said the engine just blew up. Now the vehicle was still in his name, correct? Yeah, he was going to hold the title until I paid him the balance in full. Did you guys have, like, a written contract or anything? Yeah, what I did is I typed out an email to him, and I sent it, and I just wrote back, just reply, I agree if you agree with this. And he wrote back something about you didn't say anything about insurance, and so I was like, okay. So I amended that, I think, and then wrote back to him. And so that was our agreement. Our agreement was I pay him what I can each month until the balance is paid off, and I take care of general maintenance like oil changes and tires and things like that. I don't know what's going on with his car or anything. I think it's still at the shop, but his family. I think it's just sitting there collecting dust. Yeah, his family's dealing with it because right now it's still considered one of his assets, and 
Yeah, and I was told, and I should, probably should have done this, but I didn't know who to get hold of or who was doing what, and I should have asked Dan first, but I emailed his sister, Tanisha, on MySpace, and I was like, yeah, I just sent her my condolences, and then I, in the next paragraph, I was like, you know, it's really hard, but I, I owe Travis this amount of money, and I, I know that at one point I'll need to settle this debt, and, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, and if you need to be in contact with me about this, my phone number, and, you know, she didn't get back to me, and um, I don't, you know. Well, you know, I, I don't. When a death occurs like this, it, you know, everything's got to go to probate anyways. Yeah, and I realize now that there's a, Mike Chapman is the executor of his will, and so I did get in touch with him yesterday, and he said, um, just give me all the information you have on that matter, and then we'll go from there and decide what's going to happen. Never gave you um, his, uh, his voicemail from his phone? Uh, no. Did you ever obtain it at any time? Or? Um, I... I didn't have it, but he had one PIN number that he always used, oh. and that was 1220. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was his voicemail PIN number, too. Oh, and he had a garage PIN I have, too, which is different. His garage was, his 1220 was his PIN for his ATM, because there were many times when he gave his card to go get money. Um, you think he and that was just, his phone as well? It's possible. I don't know what kind of, I mean, mine's not password protected. Oh, mine is password protected. Mine, before it wasn't, so I just, so the one for his um, his ATM was Joseph Smith's birthday, so that's how I always remember that. And then he gave me the garage pin number, which was um, 0187, and I think that was Chris Hughes' birthday. Oh. I 